Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Pull up a stool and join us. 585-866-4FAN. 866-4326. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. On the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan. Rochester. Welcome back into the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia, as we do every Tuesday afternoon, a check-in with one of our favorites, Matt Perino, covering the Buffalo Bills for the Syracuse Post-Standard, NewYorkUpstate.com. Joining us from O'Hare, back on American soil. Welcome home, Matthew. Well, this is fitting because uh, this is exactly what we were doing last week at the time at the same airport. <laughs> so, right. The, the world is a flat circle, and here you are once again, Matt. Uh, the trip to London, uh, you experienced the jet lag, everything else. How big a factor was that for the team, in your opinion? Oh, it's huge. And I, I know none of them wanted to make the excuse, but, you know, it's, it's kind of unreal that a day after they get back, Sean McDermott did his press conference talking about, you know, the, the Ravens maybe going out there uh, five or six days ahead of time just to kind of get yourself used to things. And he mentioned that from the research that, that he was privy to, that it would take you like up to 12 days to kind of get accustomed. But I will say, like, you know, seeing Josh Allen talk at his opening press conference when they landed, talking about how tired he was, I was in that same spot. But by like Sunday, when I had been there since Wednesday, I felt a lot better. Now I'm not a professional athlete, so I'm not going to speak too much to that. But I definitely think it affected them. I mean, the way they come, came out, the sluggish nature, that wasn't the offense that we saw the previous three weeks with the, you know, the lack of effectiveness, efficiency, um, you know, not being able to capitalize on four straight. I put it in my postgame story. Four straight punts to open that game. Yeah. Over the last three weeks, they had four total punts in three games. So it just didn't look like the offense that we had seen the previous few weeks. And Matt, I remember when they lost to Jacksonville the last time in Jacksonville, there was somebody afterwards, one of the players for Jacksonville just said, you know what, we looked over at their their sideline and we saw them kind of lackadaisical. It didn't look like they wanted it. And it sure felt that way again this Sunday. And they just got out physical, in my opinion, on the offensive side of the ball. The, the Bills' offensive line, for as good as they've been for most of this season, just looked like they got dominated on Sunday. Yeah, what's funny about that is they did to a degree, but Josh Allen still had a banner day. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at the final numbers and, you know, he made plays and it's actually one of his more impressive games. The week before was obviously like, you know, the one of the best games he's ever played. But I was equally as impressed with this game because they had no running game. Everything was placed on his shoulders. And, you know, Stefan Diggs was talking about it after the game that, you know, over the course of the third quarter, you know, he went out there, he was talking to his teammates, trying to get them the urgency level up. And as soon as they kind of got things going, you know, Josh Allen was in hero mode and, and, and 
God mode, if you will. And he was making some unbelievable plays, but it was just too little too late. And that defense that I actually thought played really well up until that point uh, in, in the third quarter there, it, it's just, I think they just ran out of gas. And so, um, yeah, it's a tough, tough loss knowing that, you know, this was kind of that really nice part of their schedule where you wanted to kind of pile up the wins. You have Miami getting a win. They go to four and one. I know you got the, the win over them already. You know, the Jets kind of hanging around. Um, but this is also a Bills team that, you know, there, there might be some bigger problems at hand than just a loss with, you know, who they're now going to have to try to replace. Yeah, leading into our next question here, Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard, joining us from O'Hara Airport, London to Chicago, on his way back to Buffalo here shortly. So, Matt, as far as Matt Milano and Daquan Jones, now are we assuming Daquan Jones is out for the season at this point? That's that's question number one. And, you know, tell us about the next man up here for both of those players. Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think I saw Dr. Chow on Twitter that said, there might be uh, a chance for Daquan to come back around playoff time, uh, depending on the severity of the tear and how he responds to surgery and rehab and everything. But you're right. Like you're probably not going to count on that. So in the, for the, for the foreseeable future and probably all season, who's going to replace him? Um, Ed Oliver has been superb. I mean, I think you could put this in a bucket of probably the best five game stretch of his NFL career on the heels of that uh, new deal. But one of the things that I think has made them so special inside is playing off of each other at in Daquan. And now who's going to step up into that role? You know, Tim Settle last week, huge opportunity when Daquan Jones went out of the game. He was the lowest graded pass rusher on the Bills' entire defensive line. And, you know, it's one game. You know, we want to look at what it's going to be the next couple of weeks and see if maybe he can respond in a different way. But for me, I always thought when they signed Puna Ford that, he was the understudy to Daquan Jones. And, and that wasn't maybe a good way to put it, but like you know, that second wave of what Daquan Jones brings, some pass rush, some really good run defense, and now he's going to have his chance, I think. I, I still think they want Jordan Phillips more of that pass rusher uh, specific mode. He can play a little bit more, but the more he plays, I've, I've, I've felt he's the more ineffective he is. So I think this is a... Everybody's been asking, where's Puna Ford? Where's Puna Ford? I think now we're going to get a chance to see him. For Milano, it's, it's really interesting. I, I would just go with Dorian Williams, personally. But Sean you know, mentioned the tackling, and we know how, when there's a deficiency to a young player's game, what that can mean to how they use them. Uh, you know, Kyer Elam, I don't know, man. I, that, might, that, might, that party just might be over. Uh, for them to go out and bring Josh Norman in, um, to go to Jamarcus Ingram uh, down the stretch uh, with him playing that whole game and being healthy and just looking, you know, just hapless on the sideline. I mean, I took a picture of it. We had these awesome press box seats, uh, unlike anything in the NFL. You're like in the, the top of the 100 level, uh, and I, I could almost see the sideline across. And I took a picture of Kyrie as that series was going on, and he just looked lifeless, um, just shocked. And he said all the right things after the game, but if you're Dorian Williams, you didn't get him back into the game. Like Tyrell Dotson played really well, but can he sustain that? And if not, does Dorian Williams' explosive speed, that short area quickness, does that make him a better fit to fill in for Milano? Are they going to address this spot? Are they going to go out and try to get somebody? There's so many question marks right now um, with what they're going to do and what this defense is going to look like. 
maybe even as soon as like two weeks from now, it might look you know, completely different next week and then maybe different the week after that. You brought up Josh Norman and man, when, when that news broke yesterday, I'm like, that is just so typical. Like that is exactly what we thought would happen. You're bringing somebody in with familiarity in the system and God, if he sees the field, something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. I don't know. I mean, if he's on the practice squad, his role is more of a mentor, right? You're trying to do whatever you can to maybe salvage <laughs> Kyer Elam with, with the, the help and tutelage of a guy like Norman, who's, who's been around Sean McDermott as long as he has. Maybe. Um, I think it's just a situation where they are ultra comfortable with their guys at those spots like corner safety Sean just relies on that I mean remember a couple of years ago when they brought in that Daryl Worley who's actually hung around the league he actually played this season I think in Baltimore and you know I thought when they signed him I was like oh this is kind of an odd signing he hasn't been very good in a couple of years but they just default to that at those positions and I think that's partly because that's Sean's background and and I Brandon's never said this but I wonder if he has a little bit more you know, say on those kinds of moves at those positions and what he wants in the room. And, you know, I think in a perfect world, Dane Jackson, uh, Christian Benford, that's their two starters. But man, both those guys struggle to stay healthy. Like they've, you know, Jackson has been a little bit more durable, but if we remember last year, I mean, the only thing that held Benford back was the fact that he couldn't stay available. Um, And I still don't think they're going to close the door on Kyrie Elam necessarily, but who knows? Now, I thought Sean McDermott's comments after the game were telling. When somebody asked, like, okay, he's, he hasn't played all season. Is that part of the reason for this? And he just pushed back immediately and said, no. I mean, we've had situations in the past where guys have been put in after not playing, and, you know, they played well. That's, that's no excuse. So I, I, it doesn't feel like Kyer Elam is in their good graces, and I don't really understand it. And there's more going on there than meets the eye. Uh, and, and I guess at some point maybe we'll find out. Yeah, uh, Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard, our guest. Uh, while we try to figure out where uh, Kyer Elam is, maybe we get Benford back. What do we know about the status here of uh, Greg Rousseau? Greg Rousseau, who did, uh, I, to my knowledge, did not make the trip, correct, Matt? I did not see him, but I didn't get that confirmed from Sean. He said yesterday that all three guys that missed yesterday's game uh, was Benford, Russo and there was one other, I think a defensive player. Um, oh, Shaq Lawson. They're all day-to-day and improving. So, again, to me, we would have gotten something if this was a more serious injury for Russo. I think it's kind of a, you know, a, a shorter-term deal. But, again, with the way that defensive line played, guys, depending on wh- where Kingsley Jonathan's at, and he suffered an injury in that game, he kept going out, kept coming back in. He, had, he finished that game with a 92 pass rush grade from PFF. That's the highest single-game pass rush performance of the season for the Bills. And so he was sneaky, really good. I don't think he had the sack number necessarily. But in terms of pressure, in terms of winning one-on-one, watching it live, I saw that play out. I mean, he looked really, really good. Uh, so you can lean on that. You don't have to rush Rousseau back. Because when they had to do that last year, he wasn't the same version of himself. And you don't want him to come back and then get hurt. Uh, that's the last thing you want, especially this week against the Giants team where – you never want to like look over any opponent if you're the Bills, but this is one where this is an offense that has struggled mightily. Uh, I don't think in Buffalo with the way that offense is played, um, they're going to present the kind of problems that you've got to rush a guy. So I'm perfectly fine with them, you know, keeping Russo out and leaning on some of these younger pass rushers. And oh, by the way, AJ Epinesa all of a sudden decided to be a superstar. Yeah. 
Um, flipping it over to the offensive side of the ball, Matt, uh, we were questioning yesterday where the, the play was for the, from the tight ends. That, that you know, you, you run these two tight end sets and you're using them a lot of ways just to chip and to block and, and to kind of provi- you know, provide a little layer of protection for Josh Allen. But Dalton Kincaid uh, is a pass catcher, and, and that's what he came into the league as. That's what you traded up to go and get. And you're not even seeing him going downfield. Now we've got injuries to both Knox and Kincaid to monitor this week. Any idea why why they've been kind of hesitant to involve Kincaid and Knox a little bit more in the past game? I mean, it feels a little bit like Ken Dorsey, who I think has done a, a good job uh, considering where he's at, you know, early second season. They've had some big offensive performances. But when it hasn't gone well, you kind of alluded to this yesterday that, like, you have so many talented players. He was asked about Deontay Hardy. He mentioned Trent Sherfield, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox. It's like sometimes it's hard to get everybody involved. And I think sometimes when you have that kind of embarrassment of riches, and you know, I don't, I don't think anybody's sitting here saying at this point that Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox are elite tight ends. I don't think either of them have produced at you know to that level. They're both really good players. They both made some really good plays at times this season. They. You want more from it, but I don't know what the alternative is because what is worked this season a lot and often is feeding Stefan Diggs, getting him the ball and letting him be who he is. And I actually thought it was pretty interesting to see him kind of own that interception uh, and, and put it on himself saying that he should have ripped that ball away or not let it get ripped away. Uh, he sees 50, 50 balls as his. And, you know, it's always felt like, Diggs wants to the offense to flow through him, even if he is never going to say it and he's not going to complain about it as long as they're doing well. I think that they're making a concerted effort to make sure that he's the focal point. Because if you go and watch the interception and you look in the flat, I think it was Dawson Knox and it might have been Hardy was the other player, maybe somebody else seemed to be open for potential like first, first, first down. So. Yeah, I think it's just Ken Dorsey trying to like shuffle the deck, trying to spin through some things, figure out different ways to get different guys going, and you know maybe it's going to be like this. Maybe maybe there isn't a path to a, a more prominent role for Dalton Kincaid in year one because of how many other players are around him. And you know, this is always going to continue to be like, uh, all right, let's figure out who fits best into what we need to do, and maybe where is that? Where is there opportunities for other guys to grow? like a Dalton Kincaid, and maybe that affects like a, a decision on Gabe Davis this offseason on a, on a potential extension. Matt, uh, last question for me on London, and we heard the comment from uh, Taron Johnson, a lot of players not happy with the field conditions. What did you see there? I saw uh, Ryan Talbot uh, there holding, uh, I mean, you're used to seeing the rubber pellets. That looked like a, a different surface there. Yeah, it was a different surface, and I'm not necessarily sure the pellets. It, it just seemed like the turf itself was just like, Sticky a little bit. Uh, I think a couple of players mentioned that it was uh, hard or, or something. I saw something somewhere about maybe it being like a, a con- feeling like concrete, which at times has been the big knock on turf fields. And listen, when you're turning over fields the way that they are over there, I mean, they're, they're, they roll in the grass field that the football team plays on, the soccer team, and then they it rolls out. They lay this turf. They have all kind of ideas for how it's supposed to work, but the, the Milano injury, Taron Johnson close there, um, just guys complaining about it. It's not good. I, the NFL is such a big money-generating league. I don't know why you'd want your product to be impacted by these kinds of 
you know, potentially like fixable things. Now, maybe there's research that shows that, you know, you're going to tear an ACL on every surface, but it does seem like a lot of times some of the worst ones happen on these surfaces and I'd get rid of it if I were them, because you know what, they print money and just go pay for all these, the, the ones that have the turf fields to just get rid of them and get some grass or whatever the better version of it. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I feel like we'll probably be waiting until the next round of CBA negotiations before anything like that happens, Matt. And, and especially when you're talking about the London games. I mean, you got two straight games at Tottenham Hotspur, and I'm sure a concession that was uh, that was delivered by the NFL was you know the turf field rather than having two weeks of chewed up NFL games played on the home surface for for Tottenham Hotspur. What do you, what do you think? Oh, sorry, you broke up. Say that last part. I was just going to say that two straight games, uh, two straight NFL games on a grass surface for the home Tottenham Hotspur team is probably something that they conceded when the NFL decided they were going to invade for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I and I get that they probably. I mean, it's a different game. I mean, you're you're doing different kinds of things in football. And I actually went to a, a soccer game with the Fulham. Uh, that was really cool. I'm not a soccer fan, uh, but just being in the stadium and experiencing what it's like over there. I mean. Super cool, but I can understand why they wouldn't want, you know, two NFL games in two weeks when they're not used to treating that surface for the sport uh, to not have that done. But that also has to be part of it, I think, the conversation. Um, but I, I mean, the NFL is used to having bad PR, and, and they, I guess they deal with it as well as any big organization in the world because it just never seems to be something that you know they just want to take on themselves when these kinds of things pop up. Matt, uh, I know you got a plane to catch here. Just a quick thought on the Giants here coming up. It's homecoming week uh, between, gosh, Dayball, Tyrod, Breida. How many guys are on this team with connections? Do you have any fear uh, about the Giants coming in knowing that there are those connections? I mean, a little bit of that, but I also think like, and I think Dave will get them up to play for uh, against his former team. Like there's going to be a little piece of that in there, I think. Um, they're just not a very good team and their quarterback's not very good. And they've been, he's been under duress. And if he can't play, I don't even know who their backup is now. It used to be Davis Webb. Tyrod. Oh, Tyrod. Right, right, right. Um, oh, that'll be fun. Actually. Tyrod right, Taylor be... revenge game on yeah. Sunday night football. Let's do that. Let's do that. I don't know if he's been back though. Right. Like he's been back before. And it's like, I think he got hurt in the one game. Was it with the chargers or something like that? It was, uh, hmm. Uh, was it was it Baltimore? Was he playing in for a Lamar? I can't remember. I'll have to look it up and then I'll have to tweet it because I'm embarrassed for, for myself. But no, I, I think that that'll be interesting. Man, they might have a better shot with Tyrod, uh, to be honest with you, than the way Daniel Jones has looked the last couple of weeks. Matt, what are you and Ryan working on this week in the Shop Podcast now that you're back on American Soil? Yep, no, re- no uh, rest for the weary. We are uh, right back at uh, the stadium tomorrow. Uh, Josh Allen, Sean McDermott will be available, so we'll... Uh, We'll get that covered. We'll have a podcast tomorrow night. A little bit of a deeper dive. Um, I haven't actually gone back and, and done my rewatch yet just because travel and everything like that. Uh, tomorrow's episode will be uh, pretty jam-packed with uh, some takes. Yeah. Matt, uh, safe travels home, buddy. Thanks for your time today. Take care. There he is, Matt Perino. Joined us earlier in the sports bar live uh, from O'Hare as he's uh, working his way back from London to Buffalo. And if you're following along on our video stream at thefanrochester.com. We didn't hide it. Like That was clearly pre-recorded. We did that just before we jumped on the air today at 3. His flight, uh, he's actually in the air right now. Yeah. So like that was kind of like you're, you're usually Matt joins us at 325. So what do we want to do? 
Ah, uh, risk delay. Okay, you know what, Matt? We'll just kind of do that. He didn't have a very long layover between London, uh, you know, arriving from London in Chicago, heading back to Buffalo. It's not ideal, by the way, having to transfer through Chicago. And but you have to go through customs yeah. and do the whole thing, security. All Yeah, the whole thing is but international travel. And, and this is why I'm kind of sour on just flying in general. Like, it's you you're investing so much and i love the technology i love i don't take for granted the idea that you can be in one place to start the day and halfway across the world to end it but man they can make it a little bit more enjoyable like just the whole process is so unenjoyable but matt sounding in good spirits and uh, making his way back to buffalo as we prepare for uh, prime time bills giants That'll be Sunday night football, a game you'll be able to hear on the Fan Rochester. Our pregame coverage gets underway at 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon. Tyrod was with the Texans, but never got the opportunity to start against the Bills. So he has not gone up against the Bills since he left. The Chargers, I want to say, was one of the years that he was with the Chargers. It was like... He was slated to play against the Bills. That was but Houston. Yeah, it was Houston. He was in Houston. Yeah, but he was injured. He was injured, so they went with Davis Mills. Shocking that he was injured. Never happens when you're Tyrod. Poor guy. Um, Tyrod Taylor tribute video at some point during the game on Sunday. <laughs> it's like day ball tribute. Like, what do we do? Like a montage, everybody here. <laughs> yeah, just or you just. Uh, Maybe it's not a tribute as much as it is a plea, a, a, a cry for help. You get Sarah McLaughlin's Arms of an Angel playing, and you just kind of do a slideshow of Joe Shane, and Brian Dayball, Tyrod Taylor, Isaiah Hodgins, do, Matt Breida. Do they elevate Cole Beasley from the practice squad? <laughs> Cole Beasley revenge game. Yes. Man, yeah, this feels like... Uh, this feels like a throwaway year for the Giants, and maybe you can get a full complement of, of players and, and a better squad next season for Brian Dable and Joe Shane, because it ain't working this year, boy. That that squad is, no. is not very talented. Uh, we'll come back next. Gino's favorite moment of the week. Survive in advance football. We will make our survivor pick for week six in the NFL. Yeah, we have a clear-cut choice. We'll review how we got there, and we're going to get you to week seven. We also have some takes here. This news out of uh, you know the world of hockey today is kind of sad here. And then also, loser language. Our friends down the throughway, I ain't talking about Buffalo, coming out of Syracuse. I always like, like pointing out the yeah. language of losers. I can't wait to get to that. And I have a take based on something that I say often here in the sports bar. The most dangerous words in all of sports talk radio. Let's go to the phones. Alright, let's uh, get ready to start the NFL week off right. With FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 95.7 The Fan. It's me, Mike Danger, and right now, join me on FanDuel. All customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Chiefs and the Broncos, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, build your own, or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top rate. Sportsbook app. Visit fanduel.com slash Mike so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no sweat same game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and physically present in New York. Refund issued is non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY for 
467-369. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 